one thing they kept on saying to us was, you know, if you guys were to develop your platform out so that you could give it to us as a software as a service, we would really use that. And I think we probably just got told it enough times by enough clients where we were like, actually, it, it makes sense now to basically have two sides. So. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show, a podcast that brings you insights and tactics from the greatest SaaS minds across the world. The show is brought to you by SaaStock, the conference to turn your SaaS up to 11, returning to Dublin in October 15th to the 17th, 2018. On this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show, I talk with Jack Beeman, CEO and co-founder of SIFT, an online platform that connects employees with temporary labor workers and helps manage them. Jack jumped on the startup bandwagon straight out of university as employee number three at Fuse Universal. His transition to SIFT happened in late 2015 after a growing frustration of working with temp agencies. Initially, SIFT started off as a marketplace to connect the hospitality industry with temp workers, but is now in beta as a SaaS offering, and they find themselves in a fairly unique position of having both a marketplace and a SaaS model. Listen on to here how to sell and get customers in traditional industries. Some people are going to come along a journey early and some people aren't. And you have to recognize that there are certain, you know, some call them battles, whatever, that you're going to win and that they're worthwhile spending time on. And then you have to recognize sometimes there's uh, certain clients or clients, etc., or person that are just, they will potentially be a later adopter. What has helped with adoption of tech? Everyone should do this regardless of whether it's, whether they're extremely tech savvy clients or not is we've been very good at hand-holding clients throughout the journey and then giving them really good customer service, which means that actually they stand a far better chance of adopting the technology. Does traditional advertising work in SaaS? That ranges from, you know, tube adverts to, to billboards the other day, which is quite cool seeing a billboard up by the side of a road. And that kind of mixture of things, not only does it create good inbound for us, um, especially on the smaller clients, it does also mean that when our sales team do go into clients, quite often they will have heard about us, which makes the conversations easier when someone goes, oh, thanks for calling. I actually saw you guys on the tube this morning. Jack is one of many speakers that we'll host in Dublin this October at SaaStock 18. We'll be joined by speakers like Corey Thomas, CEO of Rapid7, David Skoke, managing partner at Matrix Partners, and Megan Eisenberg, CMO at MongoDB. As we're approaching the 100th episode of the podcast, we're offering a 100 euro discount for SaaStock 18 listeners. Use code SASREVOLUTION100. That's S-A-A-S-R-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N 100. See more info and tickets on sasdoc.com. Now on with the show. Um, welcome to the SAS Revolution Show, Jack Beeman, uh, co-founder and CEO of SIFT. Welcome, Jack. Cheers. Thank you very much. That's uh, good to have you on the show. Um, so, Jack, if uh, let, let's assume that our audience hasn't heard of you, hasn't heard of uh, SIFT before, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, and then you know what, what the company is, why you founded it. Yeah, so um, I about eight nine years or so ago. Um, yeah, probably about eight nine years or so ago. And I left uni and I uh, joined a startup called Fuse Universal, which was a platform, which was a SaaS platform, which we provide as video based learning platform essentially for workplace learning which allows people to capture and share knowledge i joined there as uh, employee number three or four or something like that after a couple of years i became their first investor um and they've gone on to raise a good odd 
gosh, I think, well, they actually announced yesterday that they raised a fifty million pound round from uh, from Eight Road Ventures. So that was a good day, uh, a good day celebration yesterday. I'm not hungover at all today for this. <laughs> um, and during that time, we went from you know sort of three people to a hundred people and learned probably every single lesson under the sun. Um, but then wanted to go and start my own company, so we started Sift about three years or so ago now. So it's a little over three years or so ago, but we launched about two and a half years or so ago. Um, essentially from a frustration of how the temp agency sector had worked. So we launched initially as a pure marketplace solution and now developed a SaaS side of our offering as well. So essentially, SIFT's goal very much is to disrupt the temporary recruitment sector and supply a platform that can, from a marketplace perspective, give a supply of better temporary workers through getting them paid more, through being a very open and transparent uh, platform, and that can reduce costs for employers. But then what we also saw was that uh, employers were had been basically, there'd been a 400% increase in zero-hour contract workers over the last few years, and that they all wanted a platform to basically manage their own internal teams um, when it comes to temporary labor in a more efficient manner. So whether that's contractors, freelancers, zero-hour contract workers. And one thing they kept on saying to us was, you know, if you guys were to develop your platform out so that you could give it to us as a software, as a service, we would really use that. And I think we probably just got told it enough times by enough clients where we were like, actually, it, it makes sense now to basically have two sides. So we're a little bit unusual in terms of, you know, I guess your typical SaaS, SaaS platform that you guys probably usually talk to and that we have essentially two sides of our business. One, which is the SaaS platform, which we're going out and providing as a uh, platform to, uh, to our clients, which then plugs into our external marketplace as well, um, which, is, which is a fairly unique proposition um, into the market and brings about all sorts of benefits around defensibility and scalability etc very cool and, and and so like two and a half years you uh, sift has been like uh, live in in the market um i believe uh, uh, looking at my sort of research on, on Crunchbase, uh, uh, about as far as it went uh, that, that you've raised the series a uh, is that right yeah so we raised our series a well actually we announced it in september but the truth is actually we signed term sheets probably about this time last year so actually we we took a few months or so to actually announce it but yeah we did our we did our series a which was a 6.1 round from creandum so johan uh brenner there from joined joined our board um back then and uh, yeah it's been a it's been a quite a crazy ride since because i mean we went from 30 staff in september time to november having 75 um so i'd definitely say actually we learned some lessons along the way on what not to do during during that quite in quite uh hectic phase of probably hiring a few too many people a little bit too quickly and made a few errors along the way but yeah it's been a it's been a it's been quite the journey since since then and uh yeah cool uh, i mean yeah the that that sort of you know the, the fast growth or the, the the scaling i mean you know everybody makes uh mistakes right and it's uh mm. so it's a real uh it's a lesson and you guys are uh, so you're, you're 75 people now or, or yeah we're 75 people across five offices across the uk so you know one thing you know obviously the the SaaS side of what we does you know doesn't require to have any feet on the ground and set on location we can sell that to you know to to wherever people are really um however from an onboarding perspective from the marketplace side of things of what we do you know in the similar way that delivery will onboard their drivers and so will uber onboard drivers we need to ensure that people are you know right to work yet legal to work in the uk versus and also good enough to work via the solution so We've got offices now in Manchester, Leeds, Birmingham, and don't forget the other one, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Liverpool, and Birmingham. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. <laughs> oh, 
And uh, uh, so in terms of that, that model, the dual model, the, the marketplace and, you know, the SaaS model um, and uh, I guess the, the revenue that brings, uh, like, is the split, is, it, is there a 50-50 split? Or? The, the, SaaS, the SaaS solution for us is reasonably new. So it's been something that we've been developing in the background for, for the last sort of 10 months. So we launched probably a couple of months or so ago. Um, it's still fairly under the radar. We have six really big clients that are using it, but it's very much still war in sort of, you know, semi-incognito sort of stage. I mean, we're very open about what we're doing, um, but it's not something that we're proactively going out there and promoting massively just yet. Although we do have a, a lot of interest from all of our existing client base um, who, um, you know, certainly the larger ones are always looking how that they can do things more efficiently with, uh, with their temporary labor. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's still early days for, for, for us on, on this side of things, but it's certainly looking to be a, a pretty exciting solution to what we've got. How, how did you, so you, you mentioned about sort of like six larger companies that are using that SaaS solution um, you know, how, how did you get those uh, companies? Were they existing partners on the marketplace? Uh, how did, how did yeah, you? The great thing is that they were all existing clients on the marketplace. Um, so the, there, there's, you know, there's probably, a, I don't know, there's probably another 10 or so which we already have, which, uh, which are potential target, targets for us in terms of our existing client base because we tend, it's really, it's a solution basically for people who want to run their own internal agency in the same way that we do, but for their own internal team and avoid basically, you know, re- reducing down their uses of temp agencies. Um, so it's still, a, it's, it's been primarily we've been working with people that we had an existing relationship with. Um, once we probably get through what we call our trial phase, we will start to look to aggressively push that um, out to market with a dedicated sales team for that. Okay, uh, so, and the, um, so you mentioned the, the dedicated sales team. Once you get to, uh, go through the trial phase, like has that SaaS product got a dedicated team on it at the moment, uh, or like have you incubated a team? Or so, the, from a from a software development perspective, we actually only end, we only have to develop things once. So the great thing is all the sort of features that we have for the outside of the marketplace are basically all the identical features, more or less, from the internal platform. So you don't find that, you know, we're not two separate teams developing two separate products down two separate roadmaps, which would be extremely expensive to do because it's hard enough to compete on either side, you know, on those things. So the reality is we're developing features once in vast majority, probably 95% of the cases. And then there's probably a 5% difference between what the internal platform does and what the external platform does. Um, from a sales team perspective so far, it's just we've been using our existing ones. But I think, you know, at some point, you know, you look once you want to push it harder as, a, as our strategy going forward beyond trial phase, then, you know, very much we start to look at, right, how do we get a dedicated team to going out and pushing that out there to the right clients, whether that's on the hospitality side of our business or whether that's the industrial side as well, because we're not just pure hospitality. We also work with a lot of retailers and their warehouses, uh, food manufacturers and their warehouses, et cetera. So, so you, you mentioned um, these, uh, I guess, kind of the, the, the industries that, that you work with, hospitality, retail, um, in the warehouses, etc. Um, <coughs> selling SaaS solutions into those, like you, you know, uh, or even like the marketplace solution selling to them in, in general technology. Um, how do you go about that? You know, are, are they? Uh, <laughs> You know, are they savvy to, to, to SaaS and, and, and this type of technology? Or? Some are. Some are. Um, and some aren't. Uh, the reality was with all these things, it was the same when I was at few. Some people are going to come along a journey early and some people aren't. 
and you have to recognize that there are certain you know some call them battles or whatever that you're going to win and that they're worthwhile spending time on and then you have to recognize sometimes there's uh certain clients or clients etc or person that are just they will potentially be a later adopter um and it's about really not spent not losing too much time you know as they said because ultimately the market is extremely big um for what we do and it's we shouldn't lose too much time focusing on clients that aren't there ready to come ultimately you know every client comes on their own journey and some people come sooner than others um what we've learned you know one thing that we've always done really well and to be honest this is everyone should do this regardless of whether it's whether they're extremely tech savvy clients or not is we've been very good at hand holding clients throughout the journey and then giving them really good customer service which means that actually they stand a far better chance of adopting the technology um you know we saw it uh you know when we rolled out software for fuse across vodafone and things like that you know you have to do, you know, their internal teams of Vodafone give their own end users a lot of really good hand-holding sessions around how the platform works, et cetera, and brought people on and made them understood why that this is going to be beneficial to them. Too often people put technology into places and they don't, they sort of say, this is what we're going to use it for. And everyone goes, great, but I'm not sure really why I should be using that. So really kind of making sure that people understand this is the business case for it. These are the things that we want to prove. And then at the end of it, being able to say to them, this is what we proved and this is a success, therefore. Um, so that's, that's one thing that we do try and do. Um, do, as well. do, do you have a customer success team? Yeah. So we, we, we have an account management team. We have an operations team basically. Um, so our, our operations team, they manage kind of the day to day delivery of things. So they are, they handle both sides of the marketplace, et cetera. And then we also have an account management team, which are the sort of more, they do the handholding. They spend a lot of time on site with clients, et cetera, making sure that they are hundred percent comfortable with how the app works, et cetera. And, you know, if they have any issues, be able to raise it for them. So it's important to not just be a, um, uh, you know, a website that no one can ever talk to, you know, they do need to have real people that they can, that they can see. Are your clients finding you like uh, online via, you know, content by your website or is it, you know, uh, your sales team, you know, prospecting, finding their, it's a big mix, to be honest. I mean, we have a sales team which will go out and, you know, they sort of target the larger clients and our marketing team do a good job at creating quite a bit of inbound, which then is, you know, fairly easily dealt with. You know, the conversion rates around inbound is always so much higher um, than outbound. So, you know, our goal is always to try and generate as much outbound through marketing as well. That's That ranges from, you know, tube adverts to, to billboards the other day, which is quite cool seeing a billboard up by the side of a road, which brings brian says sif that was quite a moment which i shared to my family um and uh and then of course lots of online advertising and we've done some radio adverts and stuff as well and that kind of mixture of things not only does it create good inbound for us um especially on the smaller clients it does also mean that when our when our uh sales team do go into clients quite often they will have heard about us which makes the conversations easier when someone goes oh you know thanks for calling i actually saw you guys on the tube this morning that it's it does make those conversations easier so sometimes you find that you can't directly relate it to um to uh once i'm just going to move this into the boardroom sometimes you find that you can't directly relate uh things to uh to the marketing because it will come under sales but the reality is is that the meeting happened a lot easier and the client got closed a lot quicker because of that so uh, given your, your geography, you, you know, you, you have the five offices in the UK, um, uh, you mentioned in terms of like the marketing, um, you know, the, the, the tubes and the, uh, you know, advertising the tubes and the, and the, and the billboards, you know, are, uh, 
uh, are the majority of your customers in the UK or are you serving in the UK at the moment? So basically we, we, it's always very obvious where we're serving because we'll have an office there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, wherever we have an office, so at the moment it's five cities, the likelihood is that we'll, we'll expand to a few more cities, um, throughout the rest of the year. Um, so, you know, our goal very much is always a case of city by city and, and then sector by sector. So we started with hospitality, we launched industrial four months or so ago, and our focus is to basically maintain doing that, and then we'll see about international at some point in the future. Yeah, so I, I guess like with your with your SaaS products, like after the trial, is, is that going to it's going to be a UK focus on the SaaS product uh, initially, or will you be international from day one? I don't know. Um, I've thought about it. You know, you can look at things like that and go actually because you know you don't need to feel on the ground for that. Perhaps you start to let people use it in places where you're not because then it's an obvious plug-in for the marketplace. You know that you've got business there ready rate, waiting for you potentially. Um, so it, we'll, we'll see. But I'm not 100% decided on whether that's something that we should do. You know, I think the thing to always remember is that the UK is a really big market for what we do. So we could defocus and go somewhere else or ultimately we can make sure that we you know, win the market here first and then go do that because ultimately – you don't really want to dilute yourself too much and then find out that you're just a bit player in every market. What, what are the, um, like, as the CEO of the company that has scaled to 75 people, you know, within a, a very short uh, space of time, you know, what are the biggest sort of like, challenges that you face, like, on a, on a, on a weekly basis? Um, his tends to be, it's usually related around, uh, around basically training and managing everyone, you know. Uh, if you're anyone like me that has no background in doing this before, essentially that's, you know, yeah, I was involved in a startup that grew pretty quickly before. Um, but you know, this is my second ever job in reality and nothing prepares for you. So you have to learn a lot on the fly. You have to rely on people, you know, on your board to basically give you some advice every step of time. So, you know, without doubt, you know, we've had some HR issues and stuff like that along the way. And, you know, typically those tend to be, to be the things that, you know, a little bit, (laughs) They're not what you expect that you have to deal with. You end up dealing with a lot of things that you never thought you'd have to deal with. And the speed at which you can turn to people and rely on them. You know, we're very lucky in that we've got two very good board members in Rogan and Johan who um, are, well, have founded some very large companies themselves and being part of those journeys. Um, and on top of that, we have a bunch of founders from the likes of Photobox and GameSys and Play.com who've all been investors as well as, well as Lord Young who, you know, we can turn to at different points and say, this just happened. And usually at that point, they go, what? <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> and then you go, can you give me some advice on how we deal with that situation? So, you know, I think it's very important for, we're always quite good at turning around and asking people that are a bit older than us for, for advice and things. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's great, uh, <clears throat> extremely valuable to, I guess, <clears throat> have people that you can turn to, whether it's your co-founders or, yeah. you know, your, your board members, mentors, uh, et cetera. So, uh, especially, you know, uh, I guess a lot of entrepreneurs when they're doing this, you know, for the first time, um, you know, you're kind of learning as you go, right? So it's uh, it's a, a, a bit of a ride, um, perhaps as an understatement. And um, so, like, we've, you've got a, this fast-growing company, this <coughs> this SaaS product, which is, um, you know, gaining sort of interest and um, will likely sort of come out of trial, uh, you know, uh, sometime soon. Um, uh, and then like in October, you'll be joining us in Dublin at SASDOT. Um, so 
what more can we kind of expect to to learn about um, and hear about from from you? Um, I think you know it's really I well quite a unique approach when it comes you know the the SaaS um, and marketplace model that are combined with each other. So I think one thing I'm keen to sort of talk on a little bit more is give people understanding actually around how the two models complement each other. I can only think of about uh, there's only really one other startup that I know of um in a that is doing a similar model to us in another space um temporary recruitment space but the it space mm. um which and from what i hear they've got extremely good traction um and they're doing really well and i think it's i think that in itself um is quite unique and then i think there's uh, there's lots of uh, lessons learned and pitfalls around basically how from when we you know from we went from 20 people to 35 people in the space of a few months when we first launched you know so then suddenly going from 35 to 75, you know, we've learned some real lessons along the way of hiring too quickly, making some mistakes, having to rewind the cost of those mistakes and basically how, how to avoid them and the value of avoiding them. Because without doubt, the cost of getting the wrong hires is incredible. And one thing I always remember actually is that people always used to talk to me about this thing called culture. And when I wasn't running my own startup and we only had 10, 15 people, um, that felt like some sort of made up sort of thing to an extent um and when you're 15 people or so culture is you know whatever your culture is that's your people and you've got 15 people that will be it once you get to the size that we're at suddenly you actually start to realize it's probably one of the most important things in the company you suddenly realize ah i now get what all those people in charge of you know larger companies are talking about when they talk about culture so there's stuff stuff around that we've been doing around that which i think is pretty interesting around how we try and now get things right and not make the mistakes that we made in the past Awesome. Well, looking forward to, to hearing more about that. Um, and, uh, and I think certainly you're right in terms of the, the marketplace and SaaS model. Um, you know, that's something that, you know, I don't hear that often. Um, so uh, be interesting um, to kind of, you know, uh, hear more about that. Um, well, by October as well, we'll probably be out of trial phase and probably uh, have some, some really interesting stories to tell by then, um, especially with what, how it looks so far with the first, uh, first few weeks or so of each of the trials. We always like to ask our guests, um, you know, how they stay healthy and sane on, on their journey as, you know, as you're scaling and managing uh, a fast growth company. So w- what's your way? Um, I don't do it well. Um, I wish I did it better. And without doubt, it's been uh, impacting my weight over the last two years, that's for sure. Um, but the, uh, I recently started playing rugby again. Um, and I started going to the gym again. Um, and to be fair, it's amazing how just a small amount of fitness can make a big difference. But unfortunately, it's really, really difficult at the end of the day uh, when you've had a especially hard day uh, to get yourself motivated to jump on a train in the rain to go down and run around on a rugby pitch or go to the gym. So I'm still working on that. And uh, yeah, I would not say I'm a uh, great example of someone that does some amazing things to try and stay fit. And this is just me getting into my 30s, trying to live out the last glory years. Yeah. Well, you've got age on your, your, your side, but I mean, certainly like from, from my own experience, um, <clears throat> as we're, we're into the third year of uh, you know, building SaaS stock, you know, the first year I, I felt that I, you know, I didn't have the time to really go to the, the, the yeah. gym. I was just kind of focused on the business and that affected, you know, my stress and, and my weight in, in putting on, uh, I think perhaps two stone. Uh, and now we've got into the, uh, the third year. I, I've become much more sort of aware that, you know, from a mental health and a physical health perspective that I've now started to go back to the gym, you know, like three times a week and it does make such a difference. So, it does make it, it makes a massive difference when on the, on, let's say I, I tend to go through like a little three week period. I go three weeks doing really well and then probably three weeks doing really badly. And the three weeks during which I do 
force myself and go to the gym and or play rugby and stuff like that but like mentally and stuff how I feel and work is very very different to the three weeks by the time I get to that third week where I start to feel extremely lethargic it's tough to get up in the morning so without doubt it does it does do a lot of good but it's just so hard to sometimes get yourself out to go and actually do it but I think everyone everyone battles with that yeah no absolutely well Jack you've been a great guest uh, thank you for you know giving up your time and, and sharing some insights into yourself and SIFT and look forward to hearing more uh, in Dublin uh, in October so thank you very much cool. Jack Beeman CEO yes. of SIFT thanks thank you bye I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the SAS Revolution Show and it picks up some valuable lessons from Jack Beeman CEO of SIFT If you like the interviews we're doing every week, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Helps us know we've contributed to the journey of growing your SaaS. Thanks for listening. See you next time.